So in the final part of the experimentation section of the flywheel, I write about the content flywheel. And I write about this from my own experience. So anybody listening from the start of this will know that I was not naturally a content creator. I actually resisted the idea of doing it for years when I was at my last business, despite the fact that I was a salesperson and I worked within a business which was all about marketing and advertising. I resisted the idea to market or advertise myself. Why did I do that? Frankly, I was worried that people wouldn't think what I was saying was valuable or even worse, that I would get things wrong. What I realized was it's now not necessarily even about what you know, but how you communicate ideas. And most people never engage in any kind of what I call public thinking, sharing their ideas with the world because of either... And this is the first excuse, a perceived lack of time. Oh, I haven't got time to do that. The fear of looking stupid, which is what I had, or a fear of not having anything profound to say. Well, let's first of all think about the benefits of thinking in public because it demonstrates the value that you can create. So let's consider this from a founder's point of view or an entrepreneur or a solopreneur. Obviously, if you share your ideas, share your expertise, that's going to demonstrate to potential customers that you have something uh, to offer them. Or indeed, it shows potential people who you work with, what you believe in, the values that you hold true, and gives them some sense of a vision about the future of the business, which might attract them to come and work for you. If you're looking for a new job, sharing your ideas gives potential employers, potential collaborators, the opportunity both to see um, and get a glimpse into your expertise, but also get a sense of your, your style. You know, how do you express yourself? What's your personality like? And that's why all of this relies upon being true to what you really believe. And I've been really, really honest. I've made the mistake over the past few years, a little bit of trying to fit myself into boxes based on what other people say you should and shouldn't do when you're creating content. It's so easy to just hear the, you know, the latest influence talk about what's going to make you big on LinkedIn or Twitter or Instagram and think, oh, I need to tick these boxes off and do it. Well, it may well work for some people. It hasn't worked for me. Whenever I just go back to talking about the things that I really care about and writing in my own voice, however cheesy that sounds, it comes across far better. And I think people respond much better to that. So as I talked about in an earlier chapter, you know, I see the future of work becoming much more personalized and the ability to communicate your expertise and perspective to the right people is crucial. So look out for signals about what people need help with through questions and engagement on social media. And then consider those things and try to match those with the the point of view that you have, a point of view, your perspective, uh, your opinion on the world. And then do something about it. That can start with something small, like adding a comment on social media. You might decide to write posts on LinkedIn. You might decide, like me, to start a podcast. It's a bit more work, but it's the thing that I enjoy most out of almost everything I do. It's created so many opportunities for me. It's made me do things like this, speak to camera, speak in a microphone, things that I just never really did consistently. Most importantly of all, it's opened up loads of opportunities for me because of the networking. So for me, the podcast is both an opportunity to satisfy my curiosity and also meet some incredibly smart people, people who are experts, specialists in their field, and spend an hour with them asking questions that I want to know the answers to and then press record. Because, of course, pressing record on a normal conversation would be considered a bit weird, but that's the point of the podcast. So what I would just say is this, content flywheel, it does come together. But like any flywheel, it takes some starting, right? It takes a little while to get moving, to get that thing moving around and build momentum. 
But once you get it, you do see things feeding into one another. And from a personal point of view, that's what led to the book that I'm talking about. I started writing a newsletter. Um, people encouraged me to start a podcast. And you know, I was able to get some of the podcast guests on because they could see I was writing the newsletter. I did the podcast interviews, took some of that content to write about in the newsletter, then started sharing some of that on LinkedIn, got my publishing deal. So then there was a flywheel developing there, had people on the podcast, interviewed them for the book. In the meantime, shared stuff on the newsletter. The best parts of those interviews made it into the book, but then I still had content to share afterwards. It's constant building momentum where you're feeding into one another. And that's the content side of things. And of course, this is what I'm talking about with the work-life flywheel as well. As you get your mindset right, that gives you opportunity to be more creative and channel your unique perspective, your stories, your point of view. But that takes experimentation by building your content flywheel. And once you start doing that, we move on to this next stage of the process, which is both attracting others to your work. And that's what we're going to talk about in the next episode.